Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the eighth edition of Red Side Le Trent. And what a week it's been for Nottingham Forest Football Club. They played Sheffield United on the Tuesday and got left with one all draw. And then they followed that up with an absolute thumping of Preston North Ends by beating them three goals to nil. The result means that Forest are averaging still two points a game under Steve Cooper as they go into November international break. And with a lot of the season left to go, it's very exciting times. We will start with the Preston game. And it's one of those things where, obviously, we know for well, like the Fulham game. The Fulham, when we lost 4-0, it wasn't really a 4-0 game. Does that make sense? We didn't really deserve to lose 4-0 as such. But, Reese, this was very much, if anything, 3-0 sort of flattered for... um, Preston really because it could have been it couldn't and really should have been a lot worse than it was and Forrest without really you know going through the gears that much really put them to the sword yeah that they was the worst team I've seen this season Preston um probably by quite a distance as well I'd, I'd apart from the chance at the end of the first half which was more down to our bad defending they offered absolutely nothing at all uh, the second half I mean kind of just passed everyone by really and then you know Brennan Johnson upped it to gear and we ended up getting his third goal and it killed it off but if Forrest wanted to have um, gone through the gears um, yesterday they could have we could have been looking at four five six maybe really could have done it I think they were just happy with what they had probably coming up to an international break as well not wanting to push themselves but once um, I think Bauer at the back went off of them, I heard he was very good at man marking Solanke in midweek, which I think probably took it all out of Preston that result at Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, you know, winning there, it's a long trip as well. I think they played Wednesday night as well. Mm. Um, and then obviously they've got to come back down this bit further north from Bournemouth, obviously, but <laughs> um, to Nottingham. But yeah, it, it was as convincing um, as I've seen as really. And it isn't the best I've seen as play as well, but we didn't really need to break a sweat. We mm. just, it was a bit, it just, it was just a far too easy game. I was expecting a lot, a lot Seems tougher like game Preston. from Preston yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, we said that in the last pod, yeah. didn't we? So, yeah, they, they really disappointed me. But, you know, Forrest did what they needed to do and it was a, convincing win in the end I mean how refreshing is that to say that though the fact to say that you know Forrest though, without really breaking stride really they scored three goals and to be fair Adam you said this a few weeks ago you said there was you you got the feeling that it was coming that Forrest would put a team to the sword and score three maybe four or five just because it felt like the momentum was building and the way we were moving in the in the, the final third especially 
of what we were creating. You know, it looked like it would have it would have happened, and you never know. Obviously, we didn't score uh, four or five, but we it does seem like you know Forest maybe are being that little bit more sharper with their um, decision making in the final third now. Yeah, I just thought I think that's the only disappointing thing I could take away from yesterday. Um, I mean, there was some sloppy moments in the second half, uh, to say the least. I think we did try and let Preston back in it a little bit <laughs> uh, before we did grab that third. But yeah, I think the only thing that really disappointed me is we could have really like ramped it up and really like stuffed them. And I think like we we we've not seen that for a long time uh, from a Forest side. Um, where we've really like smashed the team four five nil. I mean, you, Fulham Fulham have done it a few times. It's, well, they did midweek they won seven nil against Blackburn. So <laughs> I did know, seven nil. It's just, yeah. it's just it's just ruthlessness, and I would have liked to have seen that from us. And I think even Cooper slightly admits in his post match that he was a bit disappointed that we didn't really go for him in the second half. I would have liked to have, to have at least wiped out the Fulham result of four nil. So at least that goal difference it looks a bit yes. better. Um, but overall, it was it was a it was a it was easy, and you don't really say that a lot in the championship, as Reese as Reese mentioned. It wasn't it wasn't that tough. It was second half was boring in all honesty. Um, but yeah, like happy to get the win. Obviously, three 0 You can't really grumble at that because because not that long ago we was complaining about not going for it when was one nil down or drawing one all, and the game looked in our ascendancy. So. Now it's like disappointment that we didn't score for five goals, which is like mental. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? Lee, obviously you've um, banged the drum for Jack Colback in recent weeks. In fact, you even said to last week on the pod that his shirt is safe for the foreseeable future. You wouldn't take him out for uh, certainly not James Garner at this moment in time and maybe even a Jada, the way he's been playing is his shirt and the way he's integrated the system. It was a really cleanly struck volley from him, wasn't it? It flew into the corner, a really good goal. Yeah, it was uh, it was a sign of a player banging confident form. I think wasn't it? Um, yeah, he's just he's just enjoying his football. I think long may it continue. I mean, it's it's good because typically when I stick up for players, they they don't typically rescue themselves, and <laughs> uh, I end up you know looking a bit stupid. But I maintained that Jack Colback was um, would take some time because. I think it was the 2019-20 season. He, he missed the whole season. Now, he isn't getting any younger. So at, at that age, uh, at that point of his career, he was always going to be, you know, t- needing some time. And when, sadly for Chris Ewan, he didn't really give him the time. Um, he needed results and, you know, you could see why he preferred other options. But I think he's showing now that, you know, form is temporary and class is permanent because, yeah, I, I, it's funny because at the end of the game on Saturday, not to uh, you know dwell on a negative, but I don't know if anyone spotted, but me and the lads I was with, James Garner just trudged straight down the tunnel. It was almost like it was almost like he was. It was the first time I've seen him look a little bit fed up with the fact that he's getting 15, 20 minutes here and there, and I think that's all down to Colback. He must be looking at his form and thinking, well, where on earth, where on earth am I going to play here? That's number two weeks without any games. I mean, he might get a game thing under the twenty ones, but with the likes of Conor Gallagher in his way, he's probably unlikely. So I think he must be getting a little bit, maybe not fed up, probably that's the wrong term, but I think he's probably just looking at it thinking, I just don't understand where I'm going to play. And if I do, it's going to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes here and there. So yeah, long may Colback's form continue, to be honest. 
I think um, one thing you touched on there, which I thought was quite, um, you said obviously Hugh wasn't necessarily willing to give him time. And that was true to a point, I think. But also, what obviously Forrest lined up four two three one on Saturday, which is obviously Hughton's favourite formation. But Colback still looks a much better player. You think maybe it's uh, the way he's been deployed by Cooper that maybe he's getting the best out of him as opposed to like a regimented, this is your CDM position, this is what you do sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think how Cooper likes his teams to play. I think every almost I don't think there's one position on the pitch that isn't, you know, to look at how football manager sets things up. Um it, it's a lot more fluid now. I mean, Cooper's touched on it before that um I can't remember which game it was, but he was basically saying that we were only going forward with seven players and that isn't enough. So it, it's clear that he likes his his you know his teams to get forward in numbers. Um and ultimately that's gonna mean that both centre midfielders have to do a, a box to box job. Um yeah. So, yeah, again, long may that continue because we all want to... You look at how Leeds play. I mean, I hate I hate praising Leeds, but <laughs> you look at how they play under Bielsa and it's like every time they've got the ball out wide, there's, there's eight or nine players just almost queuing up. It's relentless at times. I mean, I know it's not quite worse than this season, but you just know that if, if they come back down, for example, and Bielsa's still there, oh, that's how they'll play. Yeah, that's a um, big concern as well. So yeah, I mean, like I say, I don't, I don't think Steve Cooper's teams will ever be quite that um, gung ho. But yeah, it's it's clear that both midfielders are going to have to, you know, contribute with goals. I think um, what was also nice was that uh, Brennan Johnson, after several unorthodox attacks on him, we'll say, from opposition players, in the penalty box, especially in the QPR and the um, oh Sheffield United, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll come on to that shortly. Yeah, so we had instance, <laughs> yeah where Johnson was basically sent flying and nothing was given. And then this time, we finally get to penalty and, you know, Graben puts it away for his 50th Forest goal. But, I mean, how nice to see the referee give his decision our way, which sounds stupid because obviously they're doing their job properly. But, yeah, it's nice to see Forest get a penalty. It's good to see Johnson get the rewards for his labours. I know, obviously, you've touched upon it, Adam, his final ball maybe could be a little bit smart, uh, better, but that's more what we want to see, isn't it, from him? His um, this one probably looked the most dubious. Uh, me, it was right in front of me and Reese in the lower Bridgeford end, and it looked so theatrical. Um, it was like prime Iron Robin. Uh, <laughs> like honestly, he even did the hands of the diver, which was like even worse. And I was like, how's the ref gave that? And then like when I seen it on replay later, I was like, oh well, yeah, fair enough. But mm. it just looked so so bad at the time I was like that, that's the worst one and we've got it which is nice obviously it's, uh, it's great that we're getting in there but even before that goal we got in behind Preston so many times um, from from all different runners and uh, I mean we've not even mentioned that we actually changed formation for the game and had a few changes in there but like seeing Canagle, Johnson, Graben, Mighton, Yates was breaking forward and getting beyond that back line it was only a matter of time before we scored even though Patrick Bauer, man Mark Dominic Solanke out of the game midweek. Mm. It was inevitable that we were going to win this game yesterday. They were they were garbage. Um, you, you touched on it there to be fair. That was my, my next point was going to be that obviously we did change for base. We went to back to a 4 2 3 1, which was unfairly maligned, I would say, under the Hewton era. I felt like it was more the way we were utilizing the formation rather than the formation itself that was causing issues. Reese, um, you know, Forrest being versatile, uh, having a plan A and a plan B or you know different strings to their bow it's it's refreshing isn't it like after so after that having the same thing like you I think I can't remember who it was it was a was it might have been a footballer said 
you get a Houston 4-2-3-1, it's always a Houston 4-2-3-1. There's no deviation or changes. You, you know exactly what you're going to get. Whereas with Keeper, there's that element of surprise almost. Like, like, uh, I've, like Ryan Yates said, people are just 10 yards further up the pitch. You know, I've, I, I hate keep going back to Houston because we've gone gone past that era now. But when you, you look at the um, the dugout yesterday you still see Stephen Reid there, who's one of Hewton's coaches, you kind of think, and he literally come in and change it up straight away. <laughs> it just kind of baffles you, really. Um, you know, we, we've always got runners. The, the one, it's hard to be, um, and it's not a critical at all, but I see it as now we've set the tone for where this side is going. And now we've got to look forward and think, how can we get better? How can we keep doing what we're doing but push on? And, and Cooper is exactly like that in his post-matches. I would like to see his overlap a little bit more. I think with Johnson, his pace and Spence as well, if we can get as you know right and left-sided players overlapping the wing-backs into the area more, we will get a lot of joy, a lot of joy down the flanks. And, you know, if Lewis Craven's in the area, you know, nine times out of ten, you, you probably expect him to dispatch. So, you know, the, the building blocks are there, um, you know, and, and hopefully now the team can keep pushing forward. You know, it, I think it's a bit, not obvious, but we probably need a few more options coming off the bench, like we've mentioned, just seem to be like the same players. So it, it, they've just got to, they've just got to build it, you know. Let Cooper and Murphy build it, and Murphy's the team. And if you know this season, like we've said, is then playoffs are up for grabs for a lot of teams. But you know, if we go close this season, build again next season. You know, let's have a real go at it over, you know, this and next season, and, and get a good squ- a squad, a young squad with a bit of experience. If you like your callbacks and your grabbins. You know, and and keep pushing on because it's shown so far that the formula with the new recruitment team and the manager, what it can do straight away, we we look completely transformed to what we was a couple of months ago. Yeah, you're right, and it's it's going to be interesting as well. I think what I found quite um, interesting and more from a forward planning aspect was that um, I think it was Dante, it was Dante told us, wasn't it, that Murphy's already planning on next summer's transfer window. Like he's not even thinking about it. He's like. January's already decided what who we're going to go for and how we're going to approach it, but they're already looking at who to sign next summer, which is a level of forward planning that Forest just haven't had for a long, long time. Um, but going back to the game, um, I'm sure you noticed that Lyle Taylor made a friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of that, Adam? I mean, it's all right. It's quite funny coming from Lyle Taylor, and I think I've seen this a few from a few people on Twitter because most of the time he's fallen on the floor himself. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Obviously, you, you're not you're not going to not enjoy that sort of thing. But yeah, it's it, it's it's a difficult one. He, he had a difficult chance uh, when he come on as well, and I thought he did look okay. It, there was a time where the ball got pumped up to him, and he lost it because he's in a battle with with a centre half that's just like going to muscle him ninety nine times out of a hundred. But there was a time when we got the ball to feet straight away, and he laid it off within an instant, and that's the type of striker we've said. Is all along. Reese has mentioned it countless times with uh, with Lyle Taylor, but he always works hard. He, he puts a shift in. And I think he kind of knows his role as like 
the second striker at Forest, unfortunately, because he is a good he is a good finisher when you get him chances. Um, and what I do like about us at the moment is we're getting to the byline and we are looking for that cutback for an on-running sort of midfielder or someone who's kind of pulled off to the wards of the penalty spot. And I think if Taylor does play that striker role, he will get those sort of chances. But obviously, I know we're going to touch on it in the Sheffield United game. He just he didn't get any any sniff at all yeah, uh, Tuesday night. But I do, I do feel sorry for him. But I do like his professionalism. He, he does put a shift in when he comes on, even though it was like, what, 20, 25 minutes yesterday. Hmm. He, he worked hard, to be fair. No, that's, that's a good. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's one of those. Like, I'm quite glad we've got past the point where we sort of say effort is a, is like something to be heralded. It's, it should be a minimum requirement, in my opinion, for a footballer. And no, it's good that like you, you're touching on his like his link up play is improving. Like he's not going down as much as he was before. For example, he's, he's proven to be a useful addition to his squads. But like you said, Tuesday against Sheffield United was somewhat more difficult encounter for Forest. But you know, one of those traits that you talk about. You know, his resilience. You know, any any team that's going to be successful needs to be resilient, needs to be able to fight back, and he's trying to stand up in the face of adversity. And once again, under Steve Cooper, Boris managed to find a way through Sheffield United backline that was pretty resolute for the most part. Uh, recently, you know, a draw was at least, in my, in my opinion, draws the least we deserve from the Sheffield United game. How did you see it? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I thought a draw was a fair result. Um, I thought they had plenty of the ball first half without offering much. Um, I don't think Brewster Moose was that interested, to be honest. And then as soon as they brought Billy Sharp on, I thought they looked a lot more of a different animal, Sheffield United. He got him up the pitch. He won a couple of fouls off Worrell. And lo and behold, he, you know, he set the goal up. Um, if he would have started, um, it, it might have been a different game, but that's relevant anyway because he didn't but yeah on, on the passage of the game thought it was a fair result we know what Forest are like nowadays and the Cooper will keep going until the end and you know they've got the um, just rewards Graben's come off the bench and got another goal for us um, that's probably you know the main problem for Taylor is really we've, we've spoke about on this pod some people still don't fancy Graben so what chances people are going to fancy Taylor when he's not in Graben's league, unfortunately, as a hold-up player? You know, you watch Graben now, he holds it up. He very rarely loses the ball at all. You know, he, he's kind so of done... He reads the game as well for me, Graben. Yeah, he's just so, ex- exper- so experience and know-how. He's played at this level, all, you know, most of his career. And you don't become a bad player overnight. You don't lose that ability. I know he, I know he is knocking on a little bit, but hmm. that know-how of getting in the positions and, you know, you just, uh, with time, with experience, that just will even improve. Like I've just said, and we mentioned another veteran striker in this league, Billy Sharp. You know, I thought he'd come on and Chef and I had to look loads better when he come on and, you know, they had, you know, 20-odd million Brewster up front and I think that Moussa, they paid a fair whack for him yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, and then McBurney wants even in the 18. <laughs> so it just goes to show you yeah, that, you know, experience at this level is still vital. Hmm, absolutely. And um, I guess, I think to be fair, it's like, like going back to the transfer philosophy, it's always seen before us that while we obviously we recruit younger players, he still wants to have a sort of 
experienced backbone there. Like you said, the touch on the, your Colbatch, your grab and sort of like integrate around the team and for them to sort of have that level of know-how that maybe the younger people won't have. But again, going back to the game, I mean, it was, um, again, like we sort of said earlier, Brennan Johnson was clattered and somehow got booked for diving, um, which I found quite a surprising take. But uh, Adam, we'll go, so we look at, um, touched on it earlier, Taylor's performance. He ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. But why was it he was getting no service, do you think? Was it the way Sheffield United was set up? Was it the way Forrest was set up? Was it a problem somewhere else? What do you think it was? I've, I generally think Sheffield United did a lot of homework on us. They, they got, they pressed pretty high up. Um, like Gibbs White was, was right on, uh, on um, well, Max O didn't play left back, obviously. Uh, Jack Jack Colback did yeah. that uh, did that filling job and did a did a great job actually. Gibbs White, I don't think, really got into the game until he scored. Um, in all honesty, he didn't really get beyond Jack Jack Colback. So credit to him. But I just think they they pressed high. You had people like John Fleck pressing really high on on uh, on Garner or 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 Yates, and and we had to opt to go for that long ball. And and like we said, Taylor Taylor's not that hold up striker. It was meat and drink for uh, Chris Basham and John Egan for for Sheffield United, and they they really like got into us a lot. And I think we just struggled to to get up high in the pitch. And and then second half, it just like kind of really opened up, and that's why I think second half we were a lot better um, than them. And that's why probably the result was 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 fair one because they had it the first half, we had it the second half. Be it we had a blatant penalty shout. Um, you're going to get them and you're not going to get them in this league. It's just that's just part and parcel. But that's why I like it because you haven't got that interruption of VAR and you, we can have this discussion. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's good. Yes, it does cost you, but it's proper football. Lee, obviously, we've done this a few times now where we've um, integrated your. <laughs> official knowledge official officials knowledge even your take on the situation and I, I, I obviously i get like people listen to this all be forest fans they're all gonna be like screaming like bloody murder that it was a penalty what was your official take on it uh, i've seen them given for less um i don't know I, the more i watch it the more i think it is actually a penalty hmm. i think when i first saw the replay it was almost a bit one thing I would say is I don't ever think at any point it was a dive. I don't think it's simulation. He didn't try and con the referee. I think there was contact. Um, whether there was enough contact, for, I mean, this is this is it, isn't it? How much contact does there need to be for it to be a penalty? I mean, that's what I mean. There's a new thing in the Premier League, the VAR this season. They're going to try and cut out the penalties where there's just minimal contact. I mean, if that goes to VAR in the Premier League. Is it a clear and obvious error from the? I'm not. I'm not convinced it is. Like I said, there is a little bit of contact, but I think that that's what they're trying to iron out this year. Those sort of penalties being given. So, I think on that basis, we probably. I mean, again, like I say, I'll probably watch it four, or five more times after this, and and think every time it's a nailed-on penalty. But I can see why it's not given. I mean, it's it's one of those. I think if it's at the other end of the pitch, and it's Ben Osborne tumbling in the box. We're probably, you know, calling him a cheat and every name under the sun. Mm. Um, if it's a Sheffield United player, it's never a penalty in a million years. But because it's one of our own and it's our player that's gone down, it's it's the most obvious penalty people have ever seen. So it's one of them. I don't. What I would say is, I think that the yellow card was completely wrong. Yeah. Um, so this is it. So I, I speak to my mates about this, and like again, it was, it was during the game. Like 
And I was like, this ref's taking the fucking piss. Like, how can he not see this as a penalty? Mm. And he was saying, similar to what you said, he said, look, it's touch and go. But I went, okay, that's not necessarily the problem. The problem is he's been booked for diving. And he mm. went, what? <laughs> it's like, like, just almost like, like completely surprised and laughing at the fact that the referee somehow thought that was a dive. I mean, you want to say it's not enough contact for a pen and fine, but there's a fine line between nudge and go over and cheat. Yeah, that's it. I think he's not... It, it, simulations, it's supposedly to stop people conning the officials. And I don't... That was never in Johnson's mind. I think he's kind of felt the contact and gone over. And to be fair to Basham, he stuck a leg out for the ball and he's not played it. Mm. So, I mean, it, like I say, it's one of them where I can see... It's difficult to judge because, of course, I'm a Forest fan. I was out my seat, you know, demanding a penalty and I couldn't believe it when he pulled the yellow card out and went the other way. But I think looking at it from a... If I'm watching a normal game... I don't know, a Premier League game, Everton against Burnley or something, and that exact same incident happens, would I be quite convinced it was a penalty? Probably not. No, that's fair enough. It's a very uh, methodical look at it and a very balanced view compared to us lot. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to ask a question, which is, obviously, we changed the, the, from a back five to a, to a back four. Do you think we're better equipped? Which one do you think we're better equipped for? Because obviously we kept a clean sheet against Preston. So... Do you, do you stick with that back four? Do you still carry on with the back five? Or is it kind of who we play against? Yeah, for me, it'd be who we play against. I did say to you, I said in time, I thought Preston did have a lot more space. They just didn't offer anything, really. I do think a better side would have caused us a few problems yesterday. So it's a bit tough to read into um, yesterday playing that four. Um you know, the fives work for us so well. So, yeah, it probably depends on the opposition. And, and that as a, as a modern-day coach, manager, like Steve Cooper is, you've got to be flexible in your thinking. And sometimes you have to, you know, change your styles for certain teams. And that's just how it goes. You know, with Hewton, it was just 4-2-3-1 against everybody. And then we'll change... You know, we'll change personnel. We'll, we'll put Carvalho in a in a camp. Oh, it hasn't worked. So we'll put Graben in a camp. Oh, well, that's not really working because he's an out and out striker. You've got, you know, modern day coach. You've got to be flexible now. So I'm, I'm with Cooper. You know, like I just said, he'll he'll know that modern modern day approach and that. Um. So yeah, it just depends on the team for me. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I also think that it's it's difficult because. Like you said, Preston was so poor yesterday. I don't think it would have mattered what formation we played, we would have won. So it's, I don't think you can read an awful amount into it other than Forest Professional with a job done. So, but I, I agree. I think it will be opposition dependent. But for, for what it's worth, I think that with the players that we have, I think we are better suited to throw at the back. Um, I, just, I, don't know, I think that it seems to work a bit better for us. I don't think with a 4 2 3 1, you sort of need one of the two next in, in that two midfield to be. A sort of a dynamo if you want someone who can be like a box of box who can sort of do a bit of everything Forrest's I know Yates has improved but I'm still not fully convinced we have that sort of player at the club so I do think that for the time where we, we go for 3-4-3 um, three, three, or whatever it is because I fire at a pitch, higher at the pitch anyway there's you know it's more of a central midfield role rather than a central defensive midfielder so yeah I think the three at the back for Forest works better, but then it is opposition dependent. Because I mean, look how many times we've changed it and gone four two three one and got something out of a game, for example. So it's yeah, it's a good debate to have, and I'm sure I'll give Cooper a number of 
headaches as well as to what to do. But one thing that won't give him a headache is relying on Lewis Craven, who, as we touched on earlier, 50, 51 goals for Nottingham Forest now. I've got, I've got some, um, some numbers for you here, actually. So Graben is now tied as Forest's top goal scorer since 2000s. Uh, so he's got 51 in 132 in all competitions, 50 in 128 in the league. And for context of how impressive that is, so Earnshaw for Forrest got 43 in 111, 38 in 102 league games. Blackstock got 45 in 187, 43 in 170 league games. Harewoods, uh, is, he got 55 in 204 and 51 in 181 league games. So Graham's one behind that and four behind his overall. You got um, David Johnson, obviously Brennan's dad. He got, he got 50 in 165 and 46 in 148 league games. And then obviously, I guess the next real comparison, you got Brett. Brett got 30 and 65 in the league and Tyson got 35 and 184. But that was obviously across two divisions. But bear in mind the level we're playing at, Rabin has consistently delivered for Forest. He's got eight and 16 this season. I, I, I wouldn't bet against him getting, he'll get at least 15 for me under Cooper maybe even 20 again and but like you said it's so bizarre there's still people out there who think he's not that good or think he wants to be better I just can't get my head around it I, I know you guys can't either but yeah it's bizarre Reese, what, what do you think I, I, I do think that has kind of disappeared um, because we know what football fans are like it's probably not just Forest fans people have a run of a few bad games, oh, he's shit. They have a few good games, oh, he's brilliant. You know, there's no real like medium ground. As a striker as well, you know, you go in and out of form. You've seen it at the minute, Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world, massively out of form at the minute. Doesn't mean he's, you know, and some people, you get some people like, yeah, it should, shouldn't be in the England squad. You know, that's just a, ridic- <laughs> just a ridiculous take. Um, grab it. You can't argue that numbers, can you? And you it's look so at the love, yeah. you know, you look at the love Earnshaw gets, especially, and David Johnson gets, especially, probably the, them two out, mostly out of them. Hmm. You know, the fans love them to pieces, you know, even more so now for David because he's produced <laughs> Brennan. So, um, you just, he's been brilliant for us over the years, grabbing, like I tweeted on his page. Yesterday, you know, there has been times when he's drifted out of form, but when he's banging form, he has a spell like he does now where he's consistently scoring. And I know I used eight and sixteen, Christian, but since his first goal, it's eight and twelve. Mm. So you look at that, that's brilliant. Same, you know, people it? will, you know, think of the cheat code at Fulham, but you know, he's a different, unfortunately, in a different level side. And mm. yeah. And he's their like really main striker anyway, isn't he? So absolutely, yeah, you can't knock it for me. Graben's contributions and signing, money well spent. Absolutely. Question for you, um, Adam. Would you say that obviously the numbers seem to will largely back it up? Would you say that Graben is the best striker that Forest have had since two thousands? I know because this is this is this is a topic of conversation because. Just because he necessarily has the most goals doesn't necessarily mean he's the best player. For example, Wayne Rooney has, as, as we know, 53 England international goals. But in my opinion, he's not England's best striker, at least not in my lifetime. But that's, that's another argument for another time. But so dude, just because you score the most amount of goals doesn't necessarily mean you're the best player for that position. But in your eyes, do you think that Graben is the best striker that Forrest have had since 2000s? Such a tough question. Um, 
mainly because my memory is not that great of like when we had Harewood and Johnson um, and obviously Hooker being that, that season that we should have potentially got promoted and obviously Earnshaw when we under Billy Davis um, he's definitely he's a very different striker to, to a lot of what we've had because he can do a bit of everything mm. um, like Earnshaw was kind of like your poacher uh, moved busy all the time sort of thing Blackstock hold up man obviously we play that the little the little and large sort of uh, two striker role under Davis uh, Johnson another kind of poacher Airwood just an absolute battleship <laughs> of a striker um it's it's difficult to say i w- i I've, i would say it, yeah again it's 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 really difficult i was i'd say he's definitely up there because of because of what he's doing at his age as well like yes. in the championship which is a relentless league and we've said this timeless times that how how relentless it is so to say he's doing it at what is he 34 and he's yeah. and he's what eight in twelve games since his first goal. That's ridiculous. I mean, if you're if you if he carries that on for the rest of the season, that's 20, 25 goals this season, and we we probably waltz into the playoffs with that sort of striker in our side. Do you know what I mean? So long may it continue. Um, it's probably something that to put out on the Twitter poll. To be honest, <laughs> whether whether he's our best striker, I can't really say yes or no. Definitely up there. Um, Top five, at least. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll put that question out to you and see what you think. Yes. Yeah. This should be quite an interesting one because again, it just like I said, goals isn't necessarily reflective of ability. But at this moment in time, Graben Forest, outstanding. Well made, I, I, w- I would just like to add though, this is where like I think we need to improve on is is the support of Graben's goal scoring as we need to start chipping in from other areas of the pitch. I know Johnson's got a couple. Uh, I think Zinconago's maybe got a couple, but other players need to really start chipping away. Obviously, Jack Colback's trying his best. Um, <laughs> but I'd like us to score a few more. I'd like us centre-half to score a few more from set-pieces because we've definitely got the ability. It's just something that I think will improve as, as we go on. But we we do need to take the burden off a little bit off grabbing because, like I say, he's old. Uh, yeah. Well, you might not think he's old, but he's old in terms of football uh, age. So... We can't just rely on him to score all our goals, unfortunately. No, you're very right. It's very true. And to be honest, I, I hope we don't go down. I know, obviously, Keeper's hands were tied at Swansea, where he sort of had to make Are You the Focal Point and get everything out of him and build a whole team around him. I'd like us not to do that with Graben. I think, like you said, it's good to have goals chipping in from other areas. And I'm sure that'll be something. The more he coaches us, the more that will change, I'm sure of it. But one person that maybe could do with some coaching I say coaching, we know obviously he's going to be a star, in my opinion. But Alex Mighton um, has been the topic of some debates on Twitter and, of course, the stands. I guess because he's a very small, unpredictable player, very exciting player, a lot of people want to see him on the pitch. But equally, does his end product justify him starting games? Reese will come to you first. What would you do with Mighton? Would you have him alone? Would you keep integrating him into the first team? What do you think he needs to do that's that will improve? Um, the answer to that question, in my opinion, is you. It depends who can bring it in January. I mean, there's no point. There's no point, in my opinion, of loaning him out um, in January if we can't get someone else in who is better than him. 
um, because like we've touched on, um, it's been the same subs pretty much for Cooper. He doesn't obviously fancy Carvalho. Um, I'd imagine he'd be on his way in January. Um, we don't know where Silver's gone. <laughs> I think you know he's some he's somewhere. You know I don't know where he is. He's down at um, Asda so, in West Bridgeford. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so and and then you're looking at young lads who are behind Martin in the twenty threes. You know, like Cafu's another one, but he's not a winger. He's not really a player. You kind of going to bring on to as an attacking option. So to me, it depends on one if we can get anybody better in January. Whether that you know we've got a, we've used as five loans at the minute. I'm not sure whether there'll be any recalls on any of them, or Forest will decide to send those say two two back, um, mm-hmm. for example. Um, which could free up spaces. Um, so it probably depends on that if we can bring in some land permanently. But if we can do that, then yeah. I didn't quite catch that. If we can do that, Siri's gone off then. Siri's agreeing with you, Val. If we can do that, then yeah, definitely be up for loading them out because you need consistent game time there's no mm. doubt about that there's no good again it's a bit of a Forest fans thing they expect players to come on for 15 minutes and make a massive difference you know we heard it all with Carvalho it just yeah. doesn't work like that you know the bet, the best don't come on every game and make a difference so it'd be good if we could get somebody else in to replace him if we could load him out you know to League One you can't really pick teams and say you're having him, but you know <laughs> the type of side like Lincoln, who've obviously brought Brandon on a lot. You know, someone in League One would be ideal. Where he's going to play every week? That that's the the main thing. Yeah. But yeah. Well, okay. Um, I'll pitch this one to you. It's very interesting. That so, um, so I've got a list of Forest youth players in the last recent years who have even gone out on loan or what haven't. So, obviously Burke went to Bradford's. Who in League One? Yates has been to Knotts and Scunthorpe as League Two and in League One. Johnson, as Reese just mentioned, went to Lincoln in League One. Uh, Matty Cash went to Dagenham and Redbridge in League Two. Joe Worrell went to Dagenham and Redbridge as well, also at the League Two, and also went to Rangers in the SBL. Uh, Tyrese Fauna went to Plymouth in League One. Uh, Jaden Richardson went to Exeter and FGR, uh, Forest Green Rovers, obviously, both in League Two. The only players that haven't had a loan spell that come through the academy are Ben Osborne and Ben Brereton. So it's very rare that a Forest Youth product comes through and isn't loaned out. So that would suggest that they obviously think that Martin has something very special. But which I, I can get on board with him because he, I, do, I do think he will go very far. But it's awkward because if we are going to be chasing down a playoff spot, for example, because like as Reach touched on and very rightly, those two spots, fifth and sixth, are up for grabs for anyone, really. Are Forest in a, in a position where they can just be relying on potential, or is it better for him to go out and play somewhere else where there's less pressure for that, perhaps? I think yes or no. It's it's really strange because he didn't get loaned out last season, whereas Johnson did. Hmm. And Johnson's probably come back and now is well above him, um, in my eyes. I mean, you look at his goal contributions already this season for Brennan Johnson. It, really high. I mean, he very rarely gets brought off as well. 
Um, I actually thought Martin had a good game yesterday against against Preston. He he got to the byline quite a lot. He gave Barkhausen a bit of a torrid time, making him go to, back to his own penalty box rather than coming to ours um, at right wing back. And I thought he looked pretty sharp. He he got on the ball quite a lot and he got inside and he he did all right. I know a lot of people don't really rate him. They don't see what the hype is and 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 that's fair enough. That's that's people's opinions. Um, it's tough for him uh, because I, he is getting game time as such, but it's not it's not first team football every every week. He's not he's not getting the minutes like Johnson is, and, mm. and I think they're pretty much the same age or year apart or something. So. Yes, he does need regular football, but he's he's learning off the likes of. I mean, I say learning off Joe Lolly. I mean, Joe Lolly looks a shambles at the moment, in my honest opinion. I, I, I thought he looked all right against QPR against Sheffield United. He was rubbish yesterday. Didn't really do anything because the game was already won when he came on. For me, I think you loan Martin out, like Reece said. If if we bring in someone that's going to be permanent, I won't want us to loan another player from someone else to improve them and they're like the same age like a 19 year old or 18 year old or whatever yeah. there's no point in that we may as well that, yeah. we may as well keep keep him and and improve improve our own player do you know what I mean but hmm. it's a tough one for Cooper I think he'll definitely be working with him because he likes working with young players so it it's it's all it's all dependent on what we do in January like Reese said I think I, I agree with him um but He's got a long way to be a finished article in my in my eyes, but he's like you say, he's, he's still early young, isn't he? Yeah, there's a lot to work with as well. There's a lot. He's like he's got a lot of time on his side too. Um, I, I think he's just a very exciting player, Mice, and I think I love the way he's very direct. I love the way he, you know, he, he always wants to take his man on. He always on either side as well. He's just he's not necessarily like whatever foot he like, he'll try and go down and try and make something happen. The only thing for me is, is the final ball, the final delivery. More of, I know he obviously had that one at Barnsley where he put it across for Graben, but his final deliveries leaves works with his eyes, put it that way. Lee, one of the things you said in our group chat actually after the game, despite the uh, positive claim there, was that surely everyone can see now Martin needs alone. In fact, you were even rose about it for um, Martin Forest News. So, in your, so why is it for you in your case? Why do you think he needs a loan first and foremost? Um, I just I just think he's again. I don't I don't like to get too bogged down with stats, but ultimately you've got to look at. I must admit when I did the research for the article that I I wrote earlier, well last week I think it was. Um, I was I was staggered at how many games Martin's actually featured for Forest now. Mm. Um, it's over fifty. He's played over fifty times for us. Scored three. And got two assists. I just it's it's not enough. I mean, I said to my mates on Saturday, like if you know if if Alex Martin was say at Blackpool, um, someone like Neil Critchley would probably play him every single week, and he, he'd benefit for that from that from from getting the exposure to first team football. Whereas at the minute, it's, it's almost like he's a bit too easy to play against in our league. Um, I don't know what it is. Like against Barnsley, he came on and he was brilliant. Set up grabbing left two players for dead. Um, but what where's that been since? It's almost like, I must admit, that article I wrote, I got loads of stick on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> the, the Facebook faithful didn't... It was almost, again, I, I dared to kind of say something remotely negative about an academy player. Um, but ultimately, these young players have got to learn. And I mean, it's only months since Brennan Johnson was at Lincoln tearing it up. Now, what's to say that Alex Martin couldn't do the same? 
I'm going to give him some credit and say he's probably got as much talent as Brennan Johnson has. Um, as controversial as that might be, he's got a di- probably a different skill set. Mm. But he, he, the talent is there. It just needs, at the minute, it, it, he's getting 15 minutes here and there. I know he started on Saturday. But he didn't do much again. Um, I, I just think he, he's too raw. He just needs to go out, get kicked about a little bit, like Johnson did at Lincoln, um, learn from it. And just weigh in with some goals and assists because it's all too infrequent at the moment. And for me, it's, it's not going to put him in, in good shape in the next two or three years. It's, it's all theoretical because at this moment in time, I would tend to agree with Reese. I mean, unless you're going to bring someone in to replace him, um, Cooper's not going to let him go out on loan because mm. you've got Zink and Argyle, you've got Johnson, you've got Lolly. With all due respect to Zink and Argyle and Lolly, they've not really been... They've been I think both of them have played okay but they're not really chipping in with goals and assists. So one of those is going to have to have a really big upturn between now and January to kind of warrant letting uh, Martin go out. And obviously if one of them was to get injured after you've let him go out on loan, um, you know, you're up the creek a little bit. So we would need another player to come in, but I guess as well at this stage, we don't really know what is, is Steve Cooker still getting a, a feel for what his best team is. I mean, he probably does know what his best 11 is, but it's perhaps telling that Martin's not really... He got, like I say, he got a start on Saturday in a week when we played Friday, Tuesday, Saturday. So, again, it, it is Steve Cooper already sort of thinking, well, actually, it could do with playing some more football. We just don't know until it gets mm. close to January, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's certainly an interesting guy. Uh, wait and see what happens there. But on the topic of uh, loan players, and like you said there, Adam, about it being a very risky business when you take someone's 18, 19, 20-year-olds and then develop them, but they have to go back. And it's worrying for Forrest that Middlesbrough have obviously departed with Neil Warnock and have now hired um, Chris Wilder, who, of course, as we know, loves a 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 with wing-backs. And we just so happen to have a very, very good Borough wing-back as him and Jed Spence. And I think there was rumours that Wilder's at the city grounds yesterday to watch it now I don't know if there is a recall clause and I hope to god there isn't but if there is how much of a loss would Jed Spence be if he was to go back in January or start with Reese first um, a huge loss because <laughs> at the minute we haven't got nobody to replace him really <laughs> um, I know you know Finback come in and did a decent job for you know, young lad early on in the season, but you, you know, we're not trying to do him a disservice or anything here, but he's playing back playing under 18s football, is he? Yeah, under I don't think he, yeah. is he in under 20 feet? He was like that friendly I went to watch at Ilkeston, he was the only like senior young player there. So I know we've, you know, we've got a few young players like Richardson and we don't know what's happened with uh, Drager. Drager, so course, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a, ma- a massive loss if there was to recall him. Um, oh, I think I... in typical, sorry, Christian, in typical Twitter Boris meltdown fashion, <laughs> Chris Wilder being at the game yesterday means that he is a hundred percent going back to Middlesbrough, <laughs> not the logical. Um, scenario of he could have been watching Preston because they play them not their next game or the one after <laughs> so he could have he probably killed two birds with one stone yeah. in that um, 
I'm hoping he isn't a, a recall clause because that gives us um, a lot more time going into the summer. Um, mm. I would be amazed if we signed him permanently because they signed him up to a new contract, so they obviously rate him at Middlesbrough. I mean, if you're Chris Wilder, like we said, with attacking wing-backs and you're watching him yesterday, you think, well, this guy's great for me. Mm. That's you know, worries, why, yeah. why, why would you watch him yesterday and think, mm, don't quite fancy him? And unless someone's put, put in something in his ear back at Middlesbrough, you know, he's, he's this and that. But like I said, just said, they've signed him up to a new deal. So, yeah, it would be a concern. Um, you know, like I'll say two, two um, could come back mid-December, we've seen. But, you know, with him, if... You know, will he come back and then break down again? So that's a bit of a. And Forrest might even send him back. We don't know yet. So, yeah, it, it is a concern. But fingers crossed, we can keep him for the season. And then, like I'm sure, Dane and the team and Steve Cooper will be. He'll be right back on the list who we're looking at signing. Absolutely, yeah. And as that was the next question I was going to ask, actually, as um, I picked for Adam though. So, if or say 2-2. Two, two. I mean, it's difficult because he only played twice for Forest, and like he got man of the match in one of those games and the second one he, kind of, he went off injured. And that game got man of the match he was playing at left back as well. If or say 2-2 two, two can get his fitness back up and obviously there, there are no guarantees in football of course but if there was a way where you know we could sort of preserve that hamstring for a season would that soften the blow quite a lot for you Adam? Yeah, I believe so, because what I saw of our say 2-2 is pretty similar to, to Jed Spence, likes to get forward very, very quick, mm. um, very attacking. Um, and obviously, yeah, I think when he was on loan at Buckham and even maybe Cardiff for the back end of the season, he got a few, few assists, few goals as well. So, yeah, definitely soften the blow. But again, you can't really rely on that type of player, unfortunately. Um, to me... He looks like a broken record with his injuries, and and that's really unfortunate to say because he's obviously got a lot of potential. Mm. Um, one of my concerns is like why we've not looked at Jaden Richardson a bit more because when I've seen him, he looks physically very good. Um, don't know too much about his defending because I've not really seen a lot of him in at Exeter or Forest Green. I do believe they played a wing-back system as well there. So it was kind of like he had the cover of, of a centre-half with him. But again, he's not been featured in the first team or anything. And he's I, I don't know what he's been like in the 23s. So it's it is, it's one of them. At least they've got someone they could look at within their our own club. Mm. Um, and again, my knowledge is scarce on, on right wing-backs in this <laughs> league. I, I, I didn't really even know Jed Spence was until he signed for us. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to pretend I knew who he was, but my my one of my my like things is with him is I, I heard that he was a bit of a bad egg at Middlesbrough, and that's why the Warnock fucked him off basically. Mm. Wilder's probably someone similar in that ilk that's not going to take someone like that. But then again, he's got he he wrote, he had road men like David McGoldrick at Sheffield United, and he seems <laughs> to do all right for him. So do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's 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 a funny old game. So. I think Jed Spence has really enjoyed his football with us and I would like to think that Middlesbrough will have to pay a fee to take him back off us early. Um, plus, I think while he's having a good season for us, it's probably good for his development that he continues. A bit like 
the Brennan Johnson situation last season when people were saying, oh, let's take him back off loan, even though Forrest weren't going to go anywhere and Lincoln were chasing the play, or they got in the playoffs in the end. Yeah. So it's it's one of them, like, do you just leave him? Richardson's probably one, to be fair, who could, um, you know, play that right wing back role pretty well. Um, looking at his, I saw him a few times for work purposes, not last season, the season before when he was at Exeter. And yeah, he, he was playing, albeit on the left, but he was playing in a wing-back role then. So, I mean, they reached the playoff final that year, I think. So he clearly has experience of playing in that role. Whether he can jump into the championship and do it, I'm not sure. But of, of the ones we've got and the ones we've seen, he probably would be the one. But I just think if if we were to let someone like Spence go, it'd be a dip into the transfer market, to be honest. It could well be a bit of a disaster there, for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. We'd have to wait and see what happens that front and keep everything crossed that he can stay. Well, at least we've got him until <laughs> January. That's that's the main thing. And he can't, he can't go anywhere until January. So I think, and I think another thing to bear in mind as well is it, it's all good and well that, you know, the media speculating and this, that and the other, but I can't see Steve Gibson justifying Jed Spence going back without one of Dyke Steele, Lee Peltier or Darnell Fisher going out on loan. That'd be four right-backs. That'd just be... And then you've got to find someone to take one or two of those. So I think there's a lot of things that could happen. Chris Wilder might want him back, but we know that Steve Gibson can be a, a you know, a bit of a taskmaster. So it, it might be out of his hands, to be honest. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> think about that. It's like a peep show reference, isn't it? Four, four right backs, Jez. Four. That's insane. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, it's it's just so typical for us, isn't it? Like, we come across someone who. You know, I think it's it's difficult to say the best. I like I still look, I was the best like right back we've had in years or since Cash. We only had one of our right backs since Cash. It was Cyrus Christie, who was largely okay. Um, so it's but he does have a lot of Cash vibes about him. And I thought I think I saw someone tweet actually that there's a good chance he won't be at Forest or Borough next year. He'll probably be in the Premier League for someone else. So it's just frustrating because if you felt the time to strike, it would have been if Warnock hadn't left, and it would have been this January. I imagine on the first put the bid in first thing, get it signed and ratified. And then whatever happens after that is their problem. But it's yeah, it's it's gonna be tight. I just hope we can find a way to uh to get him tied down. I honestly don't think we'll see him at Forest next summer. Um he'll he'll be either at Borough or or like you say another club. Um mm. because he's He's phenomenal. His engine's ridiculous. Like he just, and I, I mean, people took the piss out of him in midweek for that midweek <laughs> interview, which was quite funny. He kept calling Colin Frey "man," which was hilarious. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I, I, I didn't think it was all, all that bad in that interview. But he, you can see he's enjoying his football because he plays with a bit of a smile on his face. He's, he's playing at every single minute for us and getting great joy down the right. He's got obviously a good relationship with Brennan Johnson down that side. And I think it's great. We've got a young team. Do you know what I mean? It's it's probably really suiting him and and he him being able to fly down that right right hand side for us is probably giving him a lot of fun. So I've got a question for you two because again what I read on Twitter is Sign him up, whatever the cost. Now, now, if you're, say you you two work for Middlesbrough and you're watching him on a regular, um, how much would you value him at with his age? Because it's going to be out of Forest's financial 
I would you know. say it's, it's the thing is, I mean, it's all because I know you mentioned about the contract preserving his value. I think it was more. Mm. I don't think it was a long term thing in mind. I think it was to preserve his value because he was out of contract yeah. this summer. So right, I, okay. I think it's only like another year extension anyway. So he's still going to have the same problem next year. So with that mm. in mind, given how he's played this year, given how perfectly suited he is to that right wing back role, and as football as modern football progresses, where wing backs become more important, he's going to be his value is only going to rise. I would say at least four million at the very least. Mm. That's just off the bat. And I, I'd I'd probably even say higher than that. And mm. Forest aren't going to be paying that type of money already for a wing back. You'd think no, really, no, yeah. I mean, that's uh, why I can't really see his keeping him, even if Borough wanted to do business. Yeah, unless they can find a way to, like, <laughs> I don't know, send them bong videos instead and try and, like, <laughs> say, actually, no, 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 this is him, really. But um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, unless we can find a way to, like, uh, rob them, essentially, and just... Matt, mm. Matty, uh, I mean, Matty Cash got put at right back because we were struggling for right backs and then obviously turned into... A 16 million pound Polish Cafu. Mm. Um, for one in one season and got sold for fifteen million pounds plus yes. add-ons. So um, can can spe- and like people obviously comparing the two of them. Spencer's been playing there, I would say majority of his playing career so far. So on on the basis of what he's doing this season and his potential, you could probably say he's at least equal to Cash and he's younger. And yeah, you is, know if if people said that. You know, if Middlesbrough said, "Yeah, we want sixteen million for him." Our fans would be like, "That's a disgrace." That is, but <laughs> but you get the same people who are saying, "Always oh, as good or equal to cash." So, so which is you it? know, you yeah. just you kind of do the logic in your head and you add up, and just something don't add up to me that unless Borough just you know lose the plot for. You know, the, the, the <laughs> negotiation it's just I don't think it's going to happen as much as I'd absolutely love it to but with with the year left on his contract it does give you a bit more hope that you can get him on the cheap and if he is a bad egg yeah. at Borough and they're like well no matter how good he is we don't want him because he's, he's a he's a disruptive to our club and if other teams aren't and if but they're like and if he's enjoying it he might say well to his agent can you can you get a move here because I really like it I like the manager I like the City, I like the club, but the fans really like me. I get to play every week. Mm. It's good for my development. I can use it still as a stepping stone to the Premier League because there is a lot of good right backs in the Premier League. We see it in the England yeah. side. I mean, like I mentioned, yeah. Cash has had to defer to to a nation he's probably never never been to. <laughs> so there, there is a lot to say about that. The player element. I do. There, like you said, the happier he is, there is a good chance he might turn around and say, "I don't want to go back to Borough." And that obviously puts them in a very difficult situation because they're going to have to try to then sell him. So, mm. yeah, there's a lot of variables. Fingers crossed that scenario yeah. can come across, but yeah, yeah, it'd be it's a tough a, one for me. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, all, all we can do for now is just, in, in, just enjoy it, just keep enjoying it. And see Definitely. How it gets but, and yeah, and it's, it's going to be good to see his progression on the pitch too. But um, on to a more lighthearted topic than losing one of our best players. Um, <laughs> our question for you was. What is the funniest moment that you've had ever watching Forest? It could be something a player has done, a fellow fan has done, or whatever springs to mind, just how we worded it. So the answer, we've got a few submissions in. Uh, this is one from Jeff Rowe. I was here for this one, so I, I recognise this. This was Moosey's first game for us in the Championship. It was 2008 against Reading. And I first came back in the Championship for three years in League One. Um, I remember Moosey got the ball. 
and no one really knew anything about him. You just like you know, draft Lynn from Angers for about two undergrounds, and here he was starting for Forest, and everyone just went shoot as you do. So he did, and he unleashed this absolute cannon, absolute like homing missile straight into the face of Ibrahim Asonko, who just went down like a deck chair, just folded, and literally like. I think it was one of those where everyone in A Block just sort of like half winced and half sort of laughed because it was so unbelievably like <laughs> you can really picture what had happened. But yeah, that, that was a good moment. Um, and David Jones said, no question, Marlon Harewood accidentally decking the linesman meant celebrating scoring against the Blades in 2001, which again, given some of the current officials, maybe we can recreate that celebration. But <laughs> Reese, what's the funniest moment you've ever had supporting Forest? <laughs> <laughs> where, where where do I start? Um, <laughs> God, so many. I all one that always sticks in my mind is the first year I had a season ticket. Well, it was it was a half season ticket for Christmas when they used to do them I back in those. the day. Yeah, um, I don't know if they still do them now or <laughs> um, the O two O three season, the playoff season, the poor heart. We played the first game of that half season ticket was Portsmouth at home who were then top and had Harry Redknapp as manager, Paul Merson they had Todd up front yeah. who was top scorer at the time and I believe they beat us 2-0 that night and I think it was Matty Taylor scored a bit of a rocket never scored boring there, goals <laughs> yeah. yeah and there was a, a surge from their kind of fans to like the front of the advertising board and a steward um, who was trying to hold him, slipped over and fell. And then literally, as he went to get back up, got back up and did the exact same thing again <laughs> and slipped again. But, but there's been a few own goals over the years. I don't know if you guys can remember the league. One day we played MK Dons, and I remember their player diving under it straight into his own net. Uh, I think his name was like Trent. Somebody, I can't quite pronounce his second name. It was like Trent Mick, somebody. And he full-on dived and added it straight into his own goal. And I remember, I bet you remember uh, Miguel Lira's own goal for Sheffield Wednesday against us under O'Driscoll. Uh, the guy who used to wear the head, I think he wore the head guard, and he headed one straight into the top corner of Arnett <laughs> as well. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of players over the years who tried to impersonate footballers, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, haven't we all? <laughs> um, another one was when we played Derby, I think it was the 1-1 one, one on the PS, and <laughs> a bloke who must have been about 25 stone, literally getting dragged across the city ground pitch because it was a bit of a pitching, well, a couple of people on the pitch was quite funny as well but there's probably loads more I mean supporting Forest if you don't if you don't laugh you'll end up crying so <laughs> yeah I think you can get my gist what about you Adam it's really hard to like pick out a moment because you you, you, some, you forget about loads of stuff don't you I mean um, there was one time and I can't remember it might have been even against Portsmouth as well when they were back in the championship but it like when they started their descendancy but I might be wrong on this but um, I was sat in like A block or B block and doing like one of the wall nudges forward before they brought in the spray 
this fucking bloke just shouting that to the referee that he's walking forward, but his voice was like so high pitched, like Joe Pasquale. He's like, they're moving forward, referee. People <laughs> <laughs> just dying of laughter because it's just so funny. Um, but I always loved um, oh, J- Jamal Abdoon, and I call him Jimmy Abdoon, uh, celebrating uh, Andy Reid's goal. <laughs> Uh, for his pass in the celebration <laughs> against West Ham in the FA Cup, which was quite amusing. And he was just an amusing player anyway, because he's like, he was quite tricky and would just try and like, and he was like doing kick-ups and stuff and just bizarre shit. Like, but I loved it. It was just so funny. Um, Stoikovic kissing guy. the ball. Uh, me and Reese spoke about that in the pub yesterday about him. He like kissed the ball if he caught it. It was great. Um, what a mad after he were. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's people that have got far, far funnier stories. I think um, Ash mentioned is about Alan Rogers getting uh, boost bars thrown at him when he was at Leicester when he come back to the city ground. I mean, that was probably quite funny if you were part of that. But yeah, um, just just a few moments that stick out in my memory. Um, so Lee, come to you. Your funniest moment watching Forest. What is it? I've got. I'm going to go with two actually. I know I like to kind of break the trend of these a little bit. But I couldn't. I couldn't split with between two. Um, one of them I'll be amazed if anyone remembers it. But I can't remember what year it was. I, I think David Platt was the manager. Um, we played Blackburn at home. I always remember that bit. Um, he was sitting in the main stand, and Gary Jones went one on one. He must have started. It was on the counter, so he must have started sort of fifty yards out from goal. And he had a, I remember, he must have had about a 20-yard head start on Martin Taylor, who had, at the time he was a young lad, Martin Taylor. Went on to play for Birmingham in the Premier League, yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. was. And uh, we all thought this is Gary Jones's big moment. He can't possibly not score here. He, he didn't only not score, he didn't even get his shot away. Um, he was that <laughs> slow reaching the goal that uh, Martin Taylor actually caught up with him. He didn't even need to make a last-ditch tackle or anything. He just nipped in front of him, took the ball off him. And it was almost like you felt sorry for him. So we were getting pretty good crowds then. And it was almost like the whole round was just almost laughing at him. It, it was it was so bizarre. And, I mean, we, it was always a bit of an in-running joke, really, that Gary Jones was really, really slow. But I don't think anyone realised exactly just how slow. slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one, I think a lot of people remember the other one. Uh, it was when uh, Gino Padula took out Megson at Barnsley. <laughs> um, it was, I always remember um, my dad came to that game. He didn't go to many away games at the time, but he came to that one. And uh, he, he was, he couldn't, he couldn't, he, I mean, he went in the glory days. Well, not the glory days, but like home and away in the Premier League when we were finishing third and that sort of it. Mm. Uh, getting to cup finals every year, back end of the 80s. Um, he couldn't believe how far we'd fallen under Megson. And bearing in mind, it was the only game he'd seen under Megson. And God, I've never, I've never, he, he cheered that tackle like it was a, because he took Megson out, it was like it was a goal or something. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it, but it was at a time when Megson was massively under pressure. Oh, he, God. Yeah. He dropped I... an absolute, he dropped a bollock with his team selection again on that day. Well, Padula played for a start. <laughs> um, and when he did that, I mean, that was, that was the best thing he ever did in a forest shirt. Um, the roar from the away end when he just megs him picking himself up out of the mud and dusting himself off. It was just uh, one of those images that just stays with you forever. No, you're right about the Megson. I remember actually we, I went to Gillingham away once in about 2005, I guess it was the first year we went down. We won 3-0 and 
Like, you know, if we won 3 0, fans were still coming out in the cows singing Megs and out. We just fucking won 3 0 away from home. <laughs> like, going 200 miles back over to Nottingham, still demanding his head. It was brilliant. Yeah, oh, I can believe it. <laughs> There's only some good points, really. Yeah, I think um, I've got a couple. So I remember we had during the McGugan game against Ipswich, or some McGugan game because it's the one he scored that 40 yard free kick that will never, ever go old. It's the only one I missed that season, so it's a sore <laughs> point. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Oh, that, 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 that is quite upsetting, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I remember, so I was there for that, and um, you know, obviously Roy Keane was their manager, wasn't he? And A block started giving just a little bit of gentle stick, like Keane, what's the score, sort of thing. And you know what Keane's like, he could be like, you get a death stare and he, like kills with his eyes, or he's actually quite a bit of a laugh. Anyway, he turned round, Keen, with a massive smile on his face, just put two fingers up to the crowd like that. <laughs> but everyone's like, everyone A found that very funny. Um, there was one at Villa where it was a two-all draw, and there's a guy behind me, and he was literally everything Velios did was the worst thing in the world. Like he was hammering him the whole game. Like, fucking Velios, you fucking shit. Rah, rah, rah. Literally relentless, the whole thing. And of course, lo and behold. Velios picks the ball up 25 yards out and rattles one so hard the net that he comes off. And yeah, I love that game. It's everyone's celebrating and he just stood. I turn around. Like, obviously, you're, you're sort of thrown forwards when you score, like, and it's like limbs everywhere. You know, I sort of, I sort of uh, did a 180 and sort of pushed forwards. And I sort of saw him. His jaw was just like on the floor. Like, he couldn't physically <laughs> believe it. Like, his player had been hammering the whole game. It's just scored a goal a season contender and he couldn't say anything and like, everyone's going nuts in front of me he just stood there it's like uh <laughs> so that was that was because like, I'm, su- I'm surprised no one's put the entire season of Philip Montagnier was in charge because that was a laugh <laughs> well, that was more of a circus really <laughs> a laugh in hindsight but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying we've, we've had that laugh. many shit managers you just you can even forget about some of the shit ones so. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, another thing um, we got for you now. As quiz winner uh, from the last week, Reese has a quiz for us, I believe. Yes, I do. And it's funny how we should mention managers because that is the first question. So it's an out and out duel between Christian and Adam <laughs> because Lee is not with us while we recorded this bit of the pod. So it is. Slacking again. Nottingham Forest managers since Brian Clough. And also, people, managers, if you want to call them that, who have credited as having a caretaker spell of Forest. So I will go, we'll go alphabetical first. So you, Adam, you can go first. (laughs) Get in. Steve (laughs) Cooper. Yes. How did you get that one? (laughs) Uh, Chris Hewton. Oh, God. How many times can you say Gary Brazil? Well, there is a certain manager, I'm sure you'll name, who had two spells. So once he's named, then that's him. But Gary Brazil is correct. I'm going to say, yes. oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Go on, then, Christian. Oh, uh, Billy Davis, of course. Yeah. So, Billy, part one, part two, and possibly part three someday. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of like obscure ones. By way. Colin Calderwood. Colin Calderwood. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Adams, I believe. Was one. Mickey Adams, that's a very good answer. I didn't think anyone would get that. Hold on. Joe, Joe Kinnear. <laughs> yeah, Joe Kinnear, yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul Hart. Paul Hart, yeah. 
what was it? I've been listening to Nicky Hunt's uh, Under the Cosh and he talks about I've Gary Megson. <laughs> yeah, he's a very, he comes up quite often under the cosh. <laughs> yeah, um, he does. One of my favourite stories involves Megson under the cosh. So, yeah, he is correct. Uh, the Wally with the Broly, Steve McLaren. Yes. Philippe, Philippe. Philippe, Philippe, <laughs> yeah. Play. King Montania, yeah. Uh, Sabri, Sabri Lamucci. Sabri Lamucci. What a man. Uh, the dinosaur, Martin O'Neill. Fucking hell, there could be a few of them, but correct. <laughs> uh, I saw Karanka. Karanka, yeah. Mark Warburton. Mark Warburton, yeah. There's Warbs. They sort of merge into one, don't they? There's so many. Like, I, I'm trying to think, there's one who we had, he was a, a I think I named Caretaker. Um, he was with, was it, I don't want to say his name in case I'm, it's wrong, but he was with McLaren. I'm pretty sure he was caretaker like four times. He took a golden contract and no one could ever get rid of him. I, um, I know, you th- I know yeah. who you're thinking of. Yeah. And I, um, I know his name, but I'm not going to say it. Obviously, yeah. Um, is Stephen Reed acceptable because he's a caretaker? Stephen Reed's acceptable. He's <laughs> technically in charge of a game. Yeah. Um, You've I'd... still got nine permanent managers. Frank Clark. Frank Clark, correct. No, Dave Bassett. Correct. Paul Williams. Paul Williams, Paul correct. Williams, yeah. Oh, Dougie Friedman. Correct. Um, so he's down to six permanents now. Charlie McParland. Correct. Oh. So I'm you, according to, as well. according to this, you've got six permanent and oh, four you got, you got one. caretaker. Steve Cottrell is correct, yep. You're, sorry, how many's left then? So you've got many? five permanent and four caretakers, apparently. <laughs> uh, Ron Atkinson. Ron Atkinson, correct. Uh, Sean O'Driscoll. Correct. Oh, now it's getting tricky. There's one oh. obvious one on there as well. Oh. One obvious one. Shoot a piss. Mm. Correct, easy, obvious one. So you've got two permanent and four caretakers left now. Oh, this is tricky. Alex. <laughs> Correct. So oh, one yes. and four. Um, one permanent, four caretakers. Oh, permanent, permanent, permanent. I'm not going to, I'm not sure. Um, The one that was with Charlie McParland was called Ian something, isn't it? Oh, shit. I can't think of his last name. Oh, I'm not sure. Well, I'm gonna have to push you. Oh. <laughs> I want to say his name was like it's. I don't. It, I don't. The last name I'm thinking of, I don't think is right. But is it Barraclough? No, Ian Barraclough. He's not scouting. He's not scouting. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's wrong. I'm afraid. Go on then, Christian. Can you give us an answer? Was it Frank Barlow next to him? Frank Barlow is uh... correct. So your permanent manager you didn't name was David Platt. <laughs> oh yeah, God! Thought, <laughs> and then your three, your three caretakers was Mick Arford, who I remember actually yeah. going to a game when he was caretaker. John Pemberton took charge when we beat Man, Man City. City. Yeah, and you forgot the man who we don't even know if he exists anymore. Simon Island. Simon Island. He yeah. took oh, charge yeah. of the <laughs> Reading debacle, which ended <laughs> with nine men and Jao Carvalho's Forest career in the gutter. So that's that. So. This Jesus. I really like this question, and it's a bit of a shame Lee isn't here because it would be better with a three. But mm. 
anyway, this art and art duel between you is one nil to Christian. So since the 2010-11 season, we okay. have drew 35 different teams in league or FA Cup, Ooh. which eight of them we have drawn at least two or more times. So if you do name me one of them, Sarge, we have drawn twice or more, then that's that. So I'll go with you, Christian, this time to start because you, Adam, went last time. We'll go with Arsenal. We've had the league Arsenal, the three times we've played mm-hmm. them. So, so we've, we've who we've played against? Yes, who yeah, we've played against yeah. in the league or FA Cup since 2010-11 season, starting that season. Chelsea. About Chelsea, seven, we've played them. About seven three, times. Three times, <laughs> beaten every time. Um, <laughs> we had Sheffield United in the FA Cup. Sheffield United, yeah. That's one of the most annoying days supporting Forest. that was. Yeah, yeah, I think when we we, drew, we would have drew Charlton or Sheffield Wednesday at home in the next mm. in the quarters as well. It was the first time in the quarters. Semi-finals, like, Wembley. Parkier as well. Yeah, uh, that was a bad day, that was. Mm. Let's uh, not talk about that. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm a bit confused because even though I said Chelsea, it's who have drawn in the FA Cup? Or League Cup. Um, so, Derby. Correct. Mm. We, we're not going to talk about that game as well. Um, we beat him in a League Cup game. <laughs> Tottenham, yes. We were last 3-1. 3-1. Yeah, Harry Kane. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Bradford City. Bradford City, yes, twice. We <laughs> beat them this year and we also lost to them under Billy Davis 2-1 in a League Cup So I went to that game. Notts County. Notts County, yep. Yeah. That famous win over them. (laughs) Uh, Man City. Is incorrect, because that was before that season. Oh, Adam. I I was hoping you'd get far down. I was getting an an obscure one. I would say Hull, because I remember we lost a Hull in the fourth round after beating Arsenal. We did, yeah. I was going to say Preston, but I think that was Preston, yeah. You, You won, Christian, but we'll keep going. So Preston is correct. We've played them twice since 2010 in the in the Cups. So back to you, Christian. Um, See if we can get down this list. We had Rochdale, didn't we? We lost in the Pierce. That yeah, was a fucking bad day to, as well. That's went to that game. Yeah. Another one I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> um, one of many. <laughs> yeah. Wigan. Wigan, yeah. Hard the... Lehigh, Montana, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, good yeah. God. I'm yeah. going to grab the ball and take a penalty and then fucking miss it. <laughs> yeah, that day. Uh... Or do you want me to run down the list? Yeah, run down them. Yeah. Right. Just, so yeah. we're running down the list. So West, West Ham, we've played twice. Um, obviously, we spoke about the Abdoon game earlier. <laughs> Last year, um, they took Uh-oh. us to a replay and their plays. Yes, that game. Another bad day. The office Oldham <laughs> at yeah. home. Um, QPR, we played when Jamie Ward scored the winner, a 1 0 win. Watford, same yeah. season, we lost 1 0 at home to Igalo. Um, Cardiff, which was was that last season? Yes, last season. Oh, yeah. Taylor scored the winner. Didn't we? Yeah. yeah, Swansea, obviously, the Another disaster yeah, in the right. Cups. Uh, Wickham, we played away. I remember Ishmael Miller looked oh, like yeah, Didier yeah. Drogba that game. Ended up being more like Eugene Daddy. 
Um, <laughs> Newcastle, we played three times since yeah. 2010. Fleetwood, we played twice. Home and we played them home and away. Over the um, Hartley, Hartley Reeds, yeah, yeah. Hartley Pool, we played at home. We played Millwall yes. twice. The old Vikes scored the winner at Millwall. Yes, mm-hmm. we played Berry where we beat them on penalties. Big we mark. played Burnley, which we lost under Billy Davis 2 1. I can't remember that game. Um, Tranmere, which we won 1 0 with Antonio getting the winner, I believe. Um, same year, Huddersfield away, we beat um, Shrewsbury under Warburton. I think Jason Cummins scored that yes. game. <laughs> Another disaster in the Cups, Walsall. Oh, well, Burton Burn Albion. Burton Albion, another disaster. Um, Doncaster, which we beat in the last one, I believe Ford? Jamie Ward got the winner. No, yeah, that's Vaughan. the league, yeah. Um, Stoke, which we beat under Karanka. Barnsley, who we lost to under Lamushi, and this season's disaster against Wolves, are the oh, yeah. 35. Oh, I still think um, that's a, a count as an under 18s game, I swear to God. Like, I've, I've, I feel <laughs> like I've let, I've let the team down. <laughs> oh, well, Christian's tuna. Christian's tuna a lot, but we're going to do the final one. Okay. Um, so ever since this, I mean, we had a championship one last week, so I'm going to do one from where we'd all like to be, which is the Premier League, obviously. So since the Premier League started in 1992, the greatest year ever. I was born <laughs> that year. Oh, same here. <laughs> Um, 50 teams have competed in the Premier League, so can we name the 50? So we'll start with you this time, Adam. Uh, Arsenal. Arsenal is correct. Forest. Have we? (laughs) Correct. Aston Villa. Aston Villa, yep. Uh, Bolton. Bolton, yep. Chelsea. Chelsea, yep. Manchester United. Manchester United, yep. Man City. Man City, yep. You can get in a bit of all the easy ones first. Oldham. Oldham, yep. Liverpool. Liverpool, yep. Uh, Blackburn. Blackburn, yep. Norwich City. Norwich City, yep, somehow. Oh, nearest and dearest, Derby. Mm, yep, unfortunately. Oh, 11 Ipswich. points. <laughs> Ipswich, yep. Oh, yeah, I forgot about 11 points. Uh, Leicester. Leicester. Newcastle. Newcastle, yep. Sunderland. Sunderland, yep. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, staying with the North East. <laughs> Going very down south, that was Spurs. <laughs> Spurs, yep. Wigan. Wigan, yep. Charlton. Charlton, correct. Barnsley. Barnsley is correct. Portsmouth. Yeah. Portsmouth, yep. Birmingham. Birmingham, yep. Uh, Southampton. Southampton, yep. Wolves. Wolves, yep. Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yep. Uh, have I said Cardiff? Uh, no, you haven't. So, yep, correct. West Brom. Yep, if you do say one, I will say it's already been said. I won't say that's, that's wrong. Yeah. So Swan- Swansea City. Swansea City, yeah. Swindon. 
So Wimbledon, yeah. Wimbledon. Wimbledon, yep. <laughs> Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, yep. Brighton. Brighton, yep. Stoke. Stoke, yeah. Start getting hard this now, isn't it? Sheffield it United. Is, yeah. Sheffield United. Yeah, I'll one minute I'll tell you how many you've got left. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen to go. Sheffield Ooh. Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. I'm trying to think who's not been said that's even in the Premier League now. <laughs> There's quite a few are still in the Premier League now. There's like mm. half a dozen looking Hall at the City. badges. Hall City's City. correct, yeah. Leeds. Yep, dirty leads. <laughs> uh, oh dear, it's all going downhill, isn't it? <laughs> Coventry City. Oh, shout. Coventry City, yeah. Uh, West Ham. West Ham, yeah. Not even from the West. <laughs> um, so I think we've got 10 left, I believe. God, I'm so And out now. of them, there is three what are still in the Premier League. I've not, not, no, four is in the Premier League. Oh, God, that we've not said. Everton. Everton, yeah. See you on that. Um, the XG mob, Brentford. Yeah, Brentford, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Huddersfield. Huddersfield, yeah. Yeah, God. Uh... We're down to seven. Come on, guys, you can do this. Burnley. Burnley, yeah, six left. <laughs> um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a little clue. You've got one who's still a Premier League side, then there is four that are in the championship, and one is below the championship. I'm not going to give you the division because might give it away. Oh well, Fulham, we need to say anyway. Fulham, yeah. Have we said Blackpool? We haven't said Blackpool, so you're down to four. That's a rapid one, Christian. You one Prem, two champ, <laughs> one. Below champ. Um or oh. oh no. <laughs> it's all going downhill. <laughs> well, see I mean I seen the clip earlier. Uh, ben Foster FC Watford. I was gonna say Correct, what? yeah. <laughs> uh, uh so it's three left. Yeah, three Can left. <sighs> Oh, um, we said Bolton. Yeah, so two championship and one League Two. I'll give you that clue. League Two, uh, League Two these days. We said Swindon. Uh, yeah. Derby on League Two, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, this is painful. You used to rap. You still, like, you were fighting me to rattle for all of these. Like, so. yes, but I used to go on Sporkle. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Obviously, it's alphabetical order on there as so well. It kind of give you a bit of a gist mm. of who am I missing? You've got one that begins with B. One that begins with Birmingham. With R. Birmingham City. We've said Birmingham. Reading. One don't don't give him that. Don't go, I know the League Two. I know the League Two team. <laughs> oh, you can have it. Then. <laughs> it's um, this, it's my this up, is this is friend, a team bonding one. <laughs> friend, friend, friend of the friend of the pre of, of a previous pod I did in Jay Spearing, Tramia Rovers. No, 
Oh, oh you bastard! Nah, <laughs> nah, they, they, they wish. They <laughs> I thought Tramere had been in the Premier League. <laughs> no, nah, they've been in the Championship, like not the Premier Early nineties. No, no. Fuck's sake, Bradford City. So Bradford City. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Last one. So shit. So this is the Championship side. Yeah, it was League One. Yeah, I completely forgot about Paul Jules. Championship, mate. Benito Carboni. Uh, I give you the latter, it'll give it away. So think of your obscure letters and what a team would begin with. And that should you should get it. It's, it's, I think there's one with a W that's missing, but I can't. No, no. it's not that. Uh, we played them recently as well. Oh, did we? Yeah. Sheffield United. Said Fulham. Said Coventry. <laughs> no, like literally, like like a few games ago. Oh shit! Um, we was all at the game for fuck's sake. <laughs> we oh, was QPR, all at the away QPR, game. QPR, QPR. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You've done it between you. Yeah. Well it done. is a head in hand oh. moment for Benito Carboni and his memory. <laughs> oh no. Tram- Where have I got Tranmere from? Tram- do you know the worst thing is? I actually think I've got ball knowledge and now, I da- now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. It's a convincing Forest v Preston win for Christian, I think, on that oh, one. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Adam off actually, of nothing at all. I'm actually disgraced. <laughs> oh, yeah, well man. done, guys. Right. It, like I said, it's a shame Lee wasn't here because that middle one the cut one would have been a good yeah one, you, 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 absolutely yeah we'll, we'll make sure he's there for the next one i'm sure yeah it's your turn then next christian yeah for trying to get thinking um anyway so we move on back to present matters Forest's next game will be reading after international break on the 20th of november again as we spoke about before it's one of the most sought after glamour away ties of the season <laughs> which everyone loves going to um <laughs> So I guess in in light of the Preston game, so go over the our recap for the predictions. I said we will win two or three nil. I still stand by that. I think we'll put them to the swords. Reese, has your prediction changed from uh, oh from the events of the last week or so? I said that I said I expected a tougher game from Preston, and I did predict us to win two one. But I said also I wouldn't be surprised if the pressing game was 1-1, but they, this team's like pressing hashtag needs shutting down after yesterday. <laughs> you know, like, like, like we've said, they was, really, they just didn't offer anything. Mm. Um, after that, yesterday, um, like, like, because like, I predicted that Preston when I thought that might be a draw, I'd kind of gone, um, with a draw at Reading, but I did, I'm sure I did say at the time, I believe we can beat Reading and I still do believe that. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they did beat Reading. Um, but they did win yesterday, I believe. They beat Birmingham away. Okay, yeah. Um, Joining the club. So I'm going to stick with a 1-1. I mean, I'm going to sound a bit like your dar, but a point away from home is always pretty decent. Yeah. You know, all those away form is good and it is one we can win. And then you look after that, you've got, I know Luton are near the playoffs or maybe in the playoffs, but then at home um, and other teams like Luton, I wouldn't expect to be looking to beat Luton. I know we've got West Brom in between 
the next home game against Peterborough. But you look at like them two home games, you've got to be looking ready to win them. And West Brom's probably one where you think if you can get a draw, a point to the result there, yeah. I'm going a bit ahead of myself here, but um, yeah. Okay. I think as at the very least, if we get a point at Reading, I'll be content. But we've got the ability to beat them, definitely. Absolutely. And Adam, what about you? Has your viewpoint changed at all since last week or so? Yeah. I mean, I can't even remember what I said to be honest, Christian. Um, <laughs> that's, that sounds uh, awful. Um, <laughs> me and Reese were having this conversation about the next few games, obviously after the international break, and they're quite favourable as long as we're obviously whilst we're in this like momentum ascendancy because I would say even though we drew the last two games before the Preston and even like if you count the Fulham game we've not we we weren't like bad in any of we were we were bad in the Fulham game in bit in in parts which cost us but against QPR and, and Sheffield United we definitely showed uh things where we should where we could have won the game uh be it edging it sort of thing mm. so we could definitely start a bit of a run again of winning games and obviously even West Brom I think it's a game where on our day if we turn up and they've had a lot of off days this season to say what sort of squad they've got it's true yeah I would not be shocked if we went there and turned them over um so it, this this next four or five games could actually be another big momentum push towards them playoffs and we're only four points off from now so it's there for the taking at the moment and I think with the international break coming now we've got a good two weeks of working on the training ground resting players I know there's some that are going to go to internationals but are they going to play I mean Scotland still haven't realised they've got the best centre half <laughs> playing for them um, because they think he's because they think he's they think he's pish whichever whatever, whatever <laughs> that is um, but and yeah, and Johnson don't. I, I don't know how we don't get in front of that fraud. Dan James is just a speed merchant. He's just fucking road runner at football, but not got the intelligence of road of a of road runner. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a rested squad when we come back, and and two more weeks for Steve Cooper on the training ground. So it can only be a good thing in my eyes uh, for us. Uh, Reading's squad a bit depleted at the moment as well, and then. Yeah, we'll probably talk about those games when we come back. So we'll, we'll see what where we're at and where they where they're at, sort of thing. But yeah, let's take it one game at a time, I guess. <laughs> I know I've just banged on about five games, but yeah, one game at a time. We'll get up there. We'll we'll sneak. We'll we'll, we'll be all right. I think we'll beat we'll beat Reading two one. Cool two one. All right, love that. Last so uh, well, we welcome back Lee who went AWOL for the quiz, but has now returned. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, so we should go over the Reading prediction recap. So obviously we're seeing whether our views have changed or not since, you know, given the events of the last week before I was taking four points, possible six. So with that in mind, has your prediction for Reading changed at all? I think I went for five points, but I think I said we'd beat Preston. So I think I would have had us down for a draw. I'm not sure. Um, it has changed actually. It, regardless of what I guessed, it has changed. Um, I think we'll win. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know, I just think another sellout. I know you don't get loads of tickets at Reading, but another sellout. Fans are firmly behind the team. The team doesn't seem to know when it's beat. Um, yeah, I, I'm going for a win. I think um, Reading are beatable this season. 
Um, again, it's the championship. It's a funny league, but I think two weeks off, two more weeks on the training ground. Well, minus the three or four days that Steve Cooper's in Greece. Oh, Baron um, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we'll win. Uh, what score? Let's have a look. It'll be close. We're not. We're not. I don't think we're ready to be winning spanking teams away <laughs> just yet. Um, I'm going to go 3 2, bit of a goal fest. 3 2. Yeah, 3 2. <laughs> Let's hope we're right. I, I think, yeah, I, I think we'll do them. And I'm pretty confident, which probably means we'll lose, but hopefully I'm wrong. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you all for listening. We will be back very soon and hopefully with some more Forest wins to talk to you about. Take care and see you next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.